another one. What's up, Jags fans? This is another Jags podcast. Thank you for listening today. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, another Jags pod, and also on Twitter, at another Jags pod. Uh, we're reacting to the Jaguars-Saints game. It wasn't pretty. 13-6 uh, to six was the final score. Really, the worst part about it wasn't so much that we lost, it was that it was boring, and Minshew kind of got brought back down to earth. Not what we wanted to see. Of course, the day they did the Minshew promotional, <laughs> uh, he has the worst game of his career. But we're going to get to uh, what some of you think about the game and some of your thoughts um, reacting to the game. Um, we'll start with the Kenny, and he's at KNNTHP3. And he says, there's a part of me that hopes this team can pull it together and stack wins. But there's also a part that thinks this team is probably not going to make the jump. Herndon has played well enough. Let's go ahead and get some picks and enjoy Minshew mania while it lasts. Yeah, I mean, that's solid. I mean, I feel like a lot of people agree with you there. Uh, I'm guessing you mean like Herndon has played well enough, like, so get rid of Jalen and get some picks and enjoy Minshew Mania. Yeah, I mean, this team, it would be a lot better with Jalen Ramsey in. Although it's hard to say that one defensive back comes in and changes the outcome of games. I think he changes the outcome of games. So I like to see him back on the team, but it's not looking good at this point. Chris Morley, and he's at CMO underscore 2832. He says, Minshew's first game where he seemed to lack confidence pushing the ball downfield. I'd like to take a look at the All-22 and see if the New Orleans defense was that good in coverage or if Minshew wasn't seeing the field well. Also, Norwell has been such a bust. Plays 60 and 76 together. All right, there's a lot in there, and I think you bring up some good points. Look, I went back and watched the film. The All-22 hasn't come out yet, but I did watch the... Re- I did rewatch the game, you know, with the... With the, the, the emphasis being on watching the New Orleans secondary. And I noticed that the New Orleans secondary played very, very physical. I mean, if we had a different officiating crew out there, you could have seen two or three pass interference calls on the Saints. You could have saw two or three holding calls on the Saints in the secondary. You could have seen some late hits. You could have seen some targeting calls that weren't called. I mean, there was a lot of calls that, you know, the refs let them play. I mean, the refs were like, you know what? They were going to play physical in the secondary and make it happen. Although I am a fan of that style of officiating, it just really hurt us this game. Uh, The receivers couldn't seem to get open. They really couldn't get any separation from the defensive backs. The Chark even talked about how the Saints double teamed him or they played, you know, they bracketed him basically with a safety over top and a defensive back underneath. And I mean, it's the first time Chark has seen that in his career. He even said that, you know, look, team, we, we talked about it in the Broncos game and we talked about it in the, in the Panthers game. Teams are game planning against Minshew. Teams are, you know, saying we're not going to let you beat us with your vertical attack. We're going to make you dink and dunk, check it down and run the ball to beat us. And we've been fairly good at running the ball. I mean, Leonard Fournette had 20 carries for 72 yards. I mean, that was a a decent game considering the holes that were there for him. And he got another 46 yards in the receiving game, which I still think is his best attribute is in the receiving game. But we don't have the ability to dink and dunk because we only have one running back and we don't have a tight end. Teams that dink and dunk, you look at these teams like the Saints are one of them. You look at teams like the Patriots. You look at these teams that are, you know, move the ball up and down the field. What they do is they just dink and dunk until you play up close and they go over the top. The Saints basically took 
away going over the top to Chark and said, all right, beat us in the short and intermediate passing game. And this was the first game that Minshew couldn't really hit his receivers. He had a couple throws that were behind. He had a couple throws that weren't right on. But don't get it wrong. The Saints came out with the game plan to beat up the Jaguars wide receivers. And honestly, that's probably the formula going forward to, to beating us, to stopping our offense. I mean, they had, D.D. Westbrook got like tackled around the neck and thrown to the ground. That wasn't called. Look, the Saints came out, you know, wanting to play that way. Let's get to some more of your thoughts on Twitter. This one's from Mike Wilbraham, and he's at Yorkshire Jags. And he says, the O-line isn't creating any lanes for the running game. We're really missing a quality tight end. Saints are also a quality football team and have a shutdown secondary. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. And these are all good points. Uh, the O-line, look, I don't want to get too much into the O-line because I don't like to judge the O-line or the D-line until I see the all 22. It didn't look great. Um, unfortunately, Jawan Taylor didn't look that good. He might have been the worst player on the offensive line. I think Norville even outplayed Jawan Taylor in this game. It, it's, hard, it's hard for me to say because I've, I've been a, a big Jawan Taylor advocate. You know, that's been no secret. I think he is going to be a good player and is a good player. But he, I mean, he played the worst game of, out of all these offensive linemen. He had penalties. He had false starts. He had missed blocking assignments. Gave up sacks. But I do think it's interesting that people are so quick to give passes to Minshew. Like, uh, he's a rookie. Yeah, you know, every rookie's going to have a, a bad game, especially earlier in their career. So could we give the same pass to Jawan Taylor? Maybe they both had bad games on the same day. Like, like Minshew wasn't good. Like, 14 for 29, 163 in a pick. That's not good, but at no point did he make, like, terrible decisions. I, I think the one throw that, that he threw an interception was a miscommunication on the route between him and the receiver. He did throw one ball out of bounds, like, in the pocket. That might could have been called for intentional grounding. Uh, but... Most for the most part, he doesn't make dumb decisions. He tries to extend plays with his feet, which is good. I tried to watch some of the plays he extended. Only one play. Usually, when these quarterbacks are extending plays with their feet, um, you look down the field, and usually they've missed a receiver that's open. I didn't notice any any open receivers on any plays where Minshew was kind of scrambling in, in the pocket. One play, I think, in this in the first or at the last drive they had in the second quarter. I think he missed Conley on a slant who he could have hit. But, I mean, look, one mistake. That doesn't not that bad. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about Minshew. I'm not worried about Minshew at all. But, you know, Wilbraham does bring up a good point. We're really missing a quality tight end. Patrick, and he's at Patrick85, says, does, did the loss of O'Shaughnessy affect Minshew's performance? If so, could you see Ramsey for Ertz in a draft pick? Look, I really do think that a tight end is needs to be addressed here. We've said it all offseason. You've got to bring in a tight end. You have to have a tight end. Look, in today's league, you don't need a tight end to have like 700 yards in a season. But, you know, you need, to have, you need them to have like 40 catches, 30 or 40 catches. That's what, You need that safety valve. You need to, to be able to dump it down to a tight end, get two or three yards, line up second and seven, or line up third and two. That's how you win football games. You don't need... I mean, I would love Zach Ertz. I would love one of these guys that 
he's a vertical tight end. But you don't need that. You need a guy like James O'Shaughnessy that can catch the ball and make a play. Look, I like James O'Shaughnessy. He's done for the year. But as, as an NFL organization, you have to have a, a contingency plan at every position. And unfortunately, Jeff Swaim is not a solid contingency plan. He's not. If he was, the Cowboys would have resigned him. He's a below average tight end and a below average blocker. I thought Seth DeValve had outplayed Jeff Swaim in the regular season anyways. So seeing Seth DeValve out there, I mean, he even had a catch as soon as he came in. He had a catch in the middle of the field. Ben Koyak, you know, there's a reason why he gets cut all the time. But look, you should have addressed it with the tight end in the offseason. Drafting Josh Oliver, great. But when you knew he wasn't going to be back for a while, go out and get you another one. Find you a tight end. There's a, there's a bunch out there. I mean, they're not high quality, but at least they're something. You're telling me Ben Watson can't go out there and turn around and catch the ball? I mean, Jared Cook's out here ca- catching touchdowns on us. You got the, whatever his name was, Hill for the Saints playing out of his mind. Josh Hill. He had such a clutch catch on third down. Great blocking tight end. That's what we need. We need to address that tight end position, and we never did. We never did. And I don't want to hear about Josh Oliver. Okay? I don't want to hear about him because we don't even know what we're going to get out of him anyways. He's not going to probably give you anything until next season. So, yeah, I agree. The tight end position was big. The tight end position was big for sure. Another position that we talked about they needed to address was linebacker. I mean, we're sitting here. I'm a podcaster. And I can look at this defensive deficiencies and offensive deficiencies. And I can tell you, hey, man, down the road, this may be an issue for you. I mean, how am I able to do this? And these guys like Dave Caldwell can't. Oh, but they're great late round drafters. Okay. Maybe. They, they, they seemed a lot better at late round drafting two weeks ago than they do right now. That's for dang sure. Quincy Williams benched. Gardner Minshew. Human. Juwan Taylor. Human. Josh Oliver hasn't played. So you tell me. You tell me. All right. Let's uh, move on to, uh, let's hit one more before the break. Uh, we'll let PJAC get in here before the break. And he's at Radius underscore Johansson. He says, why can't we generate turnovers? If the O doesn't fire, that's the best way to turn the game around. But yet again, we came up empty. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. Um, but the overall, this, the Jags defense played pretty well. I mean, they gave up three points in the first quarter, zero points in the second quarter, three points in the third quarter, and only seven points in the fourth quarter. If you would have told me that before the game, I would take that. 13 points, I would take that. But the offense was just unable to get anything going. I think one of the biggest issues was in the second quarter when they had to kick a field goal from like the three-yard line. You got to punch that ball in. It's the NFL. You got to score there. If you score a touchdown there, and it's 10 to 13 on your final drive, things are a lot different. Things are a lot different. Uh, Do I think the turnovers will come? I don't know, man. This team isn't a team. I mean, what's up with the D-line? Is it? I mean, we used to depend on those strip sacks from Jan. We used to depend on that type of stuff from Clayus. Look, we have a lot of draft picks and money tied up in that D-line for it not to be getting sacks. I know Josh Allen had a, had a good sack. I know Juwan Samu had a sack. But where's Clayus? 
Never in a million years am I ever going to call out Clays, who one of my favorite Jaguars of all time. But come on, bro. Yawn. Dude, I'm starting to I'm starting to decide with the Jags here on the Yannick and Gakway thing. Where are you at, dude? Where are you at? Like, have you mailed it in? Have you mailed it in for your contract? That's not a good idea. Not a good idea. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, in no way am I blaming the defense for this loss. Defense held up their end of the bargain. So don't get me too misunderstood, but I don't think it's the front four that was causing any problems last week. I think it was the back seven. The back seven finally came to play. You know, and that just kind of goes back to their inconsistency and i kind of want to hit on their inconsistency um after this break so sit tight um and then we're gonna hit this twitter question and give you my thoughts on why i think the jags are inconsistent and what that means um so sit tight and we'll be right back back to another Jags podcast. This is episode 90, I think. I have totally lost count of the episodes because we do mailbags and um, all over the place. So we have no idea what episode we're on anymore. We'll probably stop numbering the episodes or we'll go back and count probably the uh, former. But uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to be cutting the game film this week. I kind of, you know, I didn't have a lot of time this weekend to cut up any film, um, but I was looking at some of it today and uh, it's it's not looking good as far as uh, John Filippo is concerned. Uh, he had some plays that he called that were were either extremely arrogant or extremely ignorant. And either way, uh, it, that does not work. Okay, that does not work. And it kind of makes you. It kind of reminds you of his play calling in Minnesota. Unfortunately, because we spent a lot of time watching Minnesota's play calling um, in the in the games that he actually coached, and what we're seeing last week looked a lot like what we saw in Minnesota, and I'll get to that uh, in a second. But I wanted I wanted to hit this Twitter question. This one is from Jason Rat, and he's at Rat HCP. He says the last week the defense was terrible, offense is good. This week defense is good, offense is terrible. He says, "Uh, shoot me." I mean, that's how everyone's feeling because they're incredibly inconsistent. From week to week, you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know which player is going to show up and, and do well. One week, Miles Jack is playing terrible. The next week, he's playing good. Najee Good had a good game last week. Would he have four tackles? Tied for second on the team with DJ Hayden. You know who led the team in tackles? Trey Herndon. Go get you some, Trey Herndon. Six tackles. Najee Good, four tackles. DJ Hayden, four tackles. Campbell, Bouye, four tackles each. Miles Jack, Leon Jacobs, three tackles each. Harrison, Avery Jones, Marshall Darius, two tackles. Yannick Ngakwe, one tackle. Josh Allen, one tackle. You know who else got one tackle? Andrew Wingard. <laughs> Gary Davis. All right. Um, any, uh, anyways, so why are they inconsistent? I've been coaching and been around sports for a long time. And whenever you see inconsistency to this degree, uh, it only means one of two things. Either your team is very young or your team is very bad. That's, you know, that's it. Either they're a young team 
and they're still trying to figure out how to put it all together and they're, and they're talented, um, but they don't have the experience to, to connect the dots and to finish games and to show up at the same time and to be consistent. But that comes with time with, with young players and young teams. Or they're just not good. Because bad teams also don't know how to connect the dots. And bad teams also don't know how to put it all together at the same time. And bad teams also don't show consistency. So I guess the challenge for us is, is to identify, is this Jaguars team young? Or is it bad? Because they have a lot of young pieces. Gardner Minshew, DJ Chark, Juwan Taylor, Josh Allen. Like they have a lot of young pieces that we think are going to be really, really good players in the NFL. But then they have a lot of veterans. Clayus Campbell, Marcel Darius, Brandon Linder, Andrew Norwell. Like the team's also there too. So I mean, the quality of opponents. I mean, the Twitter questions have, the Twitter comments have gotten to that. Like the quality of opponents that we've played are pretty good. I think I heard Frank Frangie say a couple times today on the radio that our opponents are like, or the opponents that we've lost to are like 16 and four or something like that. And the quarterbacks that we've lost to are actually turned out to be pretty good quarterbacks. Although I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that good, but that team's good. That's for dang sure. That saints team is good. I mean, they, I mean, they made it. They should have been in the super bowl last year. They do the saints beat the Patriots in the super bowl. Like, I think the Saints were a better team last year than the Patriots. So, that call, I mean, that's why that, you know. And another, another point with that. Do you think the Saints get, like, the benefit of the doubt on, on passing interference calls because of what they went through last year? Because if the Jaguars played defense as aggressive as the Saints did last week, we would have had another 12 penalty day. And when your coach is preaching to your team, don't get penalties that kind of makes you play a little bit less aggressive. When you know the refs aren't going to call anything, but you can play a little more aggressive, which is what it kind of seemed like we were watching Sunday. Coach Kaysen on Twitter kind of agrees with me. He says, we lost to a great defense in one of the top four teams in the league. He says, they're going to be reducing when Breeze returns. Uh, I don't know if that's like a typo. I'm not sure would they'd be reducing Maybe I'm missing it, or maybe he meant like something else. But they are a great defense. And they are a top four team in the league. No doubt about that. Rodney Marner also says, and he's at Rodney underscore Marner, the Saints are a good team. Offense was not great by any means. Also, what's the point of being able to challenge PI if they won't change it? The referees made up a reason not to change it. That's a big difference in the game as well. Yeah, I mean, I talked about that. I mean, there was a lot of the defensive pass interference and holdings that were just egregiously not called in that game. There's one play where Marshawn Lattimore's like wrapped around DJ Chark. It's like, dude, are you serious? You're not going to call that? Yeah, I mean, what is the point of the, of the defensive pass interference? It doesn't seem to be uh, changed ever on any situation. It's like the ref saying, okay, you want to change the rules? Well, we're not going to change our minds, which is hilarious. Uh, Josh, and he's at Jay Prowl, says penalties will derail this season if they don't get it right. Yeah, well, you're right. Mr. Why You Mad, and he's at Mr. Why You Mad, hashtag Why You Mad, says, we need a new defensive coaching staff. O-line is horrible. Trey Herndon is pretty good. Doug Marone has no balls. Just let Jalen go. God, did I miss anything? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Mr. Why You Mad. And if you follow him on Twitter and seen some of his videos, he's good. 
He's good. Um, I guess I can hit on that pretty quick. New defensive coaching staff. Um, I don't know. I like cover one, and we ran a lot of cover one, and we played well. You know, I've been preaching get back to cover one since 2017. Uh, that's what we did all 2017 when we were the most successful we've ever been on defense. Is we basically ran cover one 90 percent of the time, and it was good to see we did that um, this game against the Saints, and it worked. Uh, because our defense played pretty well. I mean, yeah, you get beat on those like long drag underneath plays, but in a perfect world, the D-line gets there, and those aren't an issue. And honestly, Trey Hearn and Booyah have been playing good enough to where you can play cover one. Just imagine if you had like a, if you had a Pro Bowl safety back there and play in the middle of the field, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Or how about this, a Pro Bowl corner on the other side of AJ Booyah, that'd be good too, huh? Uh, Trey Hearn is pretty good. Yeah, he's getting better. I mean, definitely. I mean, but you will with experience in game time play i mean good for him i mean he's a good player and he's good in run support i mean second on the team in tackles he's good at coming up and making tackles doug maroon has no balls eh, i mean maybe maybe okay maybe in this sense maybe in this sense that he doesn't correct his coaching staff and make them do things like when he gets a play call on his headset that that's, shouldn't be called uh, you know maybe there's not the balls to change it uh just let Jalen go Meaning let the Jalen thing go or just let Jalen as an actual person like uh, in his contract go. Yeah. I mean, I think it's about that time. I mean, I, I said on this podcast last week, I mean, this is the deciding game for me as far as how I feel about Jalen. If he played against the saints, I was like, okay, maybe we can at least have a professional relationship, finish his contract out. We'll let him walk. We won't franchise tag him. But if he doesn't play against the saints, I think it's done and he's, he's not playing anymore here. And I think it's, that's where we're at. Oski and he's at Ace Ninja One says, "Can we get to 2020 already?" Well, let's not let's not jump there yet. Like, give me a couple more weeks, okay? Look, there's a chance that we go to the bye week five and four. I mean, we got some easy games coming up on paper. The Bengals terrible. The Jets, mm, Sam Darnold, they may be a little bit better, but we should win that game. Houston at England at Wembley. Look, we could win those games. That's five and four. You know, pecking at that wild card spot. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the AFC South is looking pretty strong uh, for sure. Chandler Burger, and he's at Burger King 29, says, Minshew had one bad game, so let's not freak out. But, man, the coaching on defense and players on offense other than Fournette were not great. Also, that was passing interference, showing that the refs clearly don't care to enforce the rules. I don't know if, again, I don't know if I blame the defensive coaching staff very much. I don't, they're not doing things that's like exotic. Like they're not like blitzing every down. They're not doing a bunch of zone blitzes, dropping D lineman into coverage. I mean, they're basically just playing a base cover one. Four D lineman rushing. You have one safety that could, you know, play in the middle of the field. He can move over and play in the slot to help out against a good receiver. You have linebackers manned up against tight ends and running backs, and you have your corners manned up against the receivers. I don't get the hate for Todd Wash. Is he not coaching his players to have inside leverage pre-snap and man? You would think the players were taught that in high school. Is he not teaching his linebackers how to over-pursue and how to keep you know the defensive player on your inside shoulder? You would hope they knew that in Pop Warner. So I just don't get where the hate is for Todd. It's his defensive line rotations maybe off. Like you can maybe argue that one. Maybe uh, you know I could I could I could get on board with the argument that Josh Allen should be on the field every play. Like when I look on the field and I see 
Juwan Smoot out there. Like I know he got a sack, but he was out there a decent amount. Like where's Dwan Smoot on the D line hierarchy? I mean, has he has he outplayed Taven Bryan and he's getting those snaps? I mean, because Campbell, Allen, and Gawkway should probably be the only three guys we see at end. I mean, I get he comes in for a play or two, but I mean the amount he's playing, like maybe there's an injury. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to it's hard to hate on coaches. I mean, it's it's tough to know what they're doing. Now, now you you can get me on the offensive coaches now. You can get me on the offensive coaches because I'm not happy with them. And uh before I like start getting on that tirade and that rant, let's take one more quick break. Uh, we'll take a quick break, uh, then we'll come back with segment three. We'll finish it. We'll hit the rest of your Twitter questions, and then that'll wrap it up. So sit tight, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to another Jags podcast. This is um, our episode after the Saints-Jags matchup. And um, if you haven't yet followed us on Twitter, make sure you do add another Jags pod, Facebook, Instagram, another Jags podcast. Our another Jags podcast fantasy league is popping off in my team, which was three and two um, suffered a loss this week, suffered a loss, um, but it's okay. Um, your Mike has got a good record right now. He's sitting at probably first place after this week. It looks like. K Click and Yaziggy are, are t- in a tight race this week. Patrick Jackson's team's looking good. Heather's team's looking good. Joey's team's looking pretty bad. Joey is looking to be one and five after this week. But we are going to give out a prize this week to the highest scoring team so far and where they're at. So it should be interesting to see after tonight who is the highest scoring team. And although I am the, <laughs> I'm looking at it now. And although I am the currently the highest scoring team in the league, I won't be after this week. So I promise you, I'm not doing this to give myself a prize because after this week, I don't think I will be the highest scoring team in the league. <laughs> but anyways, um, a dang Amari Cooper not getting hurt really screwed me this week. But look, we I was kind of talking about in the, in the segment in second segment about how you know I think the big issue is going to be the offensive play calling down the road. Never been a huge fan of DeFlippos. I know everyone fell in love with it, like double pump fake screen we ran against the Broncos that got us huge yards in the middle of the field. Good play. I mean, I've seen a lot of offensive coordinators run that type of stuff. I mean, I remember Blake running the fake read option to the fake screen to the turnaround screen. Like, I've, I've seen it. Like, like the offensive coordinators, doesn't make them geniuses calling those plays. But, but here's what I don't like. And, and, the reason why I don't like it is because of, you know, questions like Brad Harvin's and he's at the rundown underscore BH. He says, did the league catch up with Minshew or the saints that good on defense and Christopher Michael. And he's at Christopher truth says, I think he just had an off game. It happens. I mean, he was already blowing past expectations. We can't expect him to be near perfect every single outing. Can we No, absolutely not. I think that's a good point. That's a solid, solid point. It's just bad timing as we needed that win. It was just bad timing as our defense played the best game of the season. <laughs> so it wasn't like, you know, expecting him. It's just, we, it was just bad timing. Jay at spades underscore one, one, two, two, five says, when does Foles get back? Happy feet is indecisive as hell. I, th- I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's tough. That would be a tough thing for me to agree with there. Um, look, the dude is a rookie. I mean, happy feet. 
not really. I mean, I've seen him look off safeties and hit Chark on the sideline when he's in single coverage. He even said in a, in a press conference today, like if DJ is single covered, it's going to him. But Saints wised up and watched the film. Sean Payton's a good coach. He'll do that. But I don't like people hating on Minshew because I don't think D. Filippo put him in a position to have a good game. Look, you've got to get Fournette the ball in space. We've been saying this. Like, how have you not watched enough games to where you know you have to get him the ball in space? Leonard Fournette, six receptions, 46 yards. That's 7.7 yard average per completion. Okay, now look. This isn't a small sample size. This isn't D.D. Westbrook, three catches, so his average is 70.7. This isn't Seth DeValve's one reception with a 16-yard per completion average. This is Leonard Fournette with six receptions. Why would you not go back to that? Michael Thomas got eight receptions. Same average. Same receiving average. Two more catches. Who in your brain did more in the passing game? Michael Thomas or Leonard Fournette? Because they literally were 20 yards apart. Two receptions apart. Alvin Kamara, seven receptions, 35 yards. They went to Kamara more than the Jags went to Fournette in the receiving game, and Fournette averaged more than six yards per completion more than Kamara did. Like, these are not, these are things that we've been talking about for weeks. We don't watch film for a living. It seems like I do, but I don't get paid as much as D. Filippo does. You'd abuse it until they stop it, and they never stopped it. Flair and Fournette out in space. I think there was only one reception that he caught, and it was the first drive of the game. He caught it. It was like third and eight. He got seven on it. Got to great tackle. I think it was Charles C. Gardner Johnson. And he made a great tackle at the first down marker. Fournette probably should have made a move there. <laughs> I mean, you got to get past an undersized corner if you're going <laughs> to for Leonard Fournette. But regardless, the, the play works. The play works. Taysom Hill's out there gimmicking it up and we can't feed whoever's work like not in the running game and he wasn't terrible there but you know 20 carries take five of those carries and make them make them screens i don't get it i mean i know it's i'm oversimplifying it but am i because you would also be like hey oversimplifying it might also be when you run an, an end around with your wide receiver Run it to the open side of the field if you're on the hash. We were cutting film last week. You can go back and look at our Twitter. And we posted. The Saints' defense, if it has a weakness, is on the edge. If you can get to the edge quick. I think it was the... Oh, I can't remember who they played two weeks ago. It might have been the Bucks. I, 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 maybe the... Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the Bucks. Get, put someone on a, on a sweep, like Godwin on a sweep, and, and he like took off around the edge. The Saints weren't able to get to the edge quick enough. They weren't able to set the edge quick enough with their linebackers. Great idea. Look at what worked. But instead of, I mean, they ran Westbrook to the boundary on a jet sweep. Run into the field. I mean, this is easy stuff. This is easy Pop Warner stuff. Like, is that oversimplified? Because he got negative two yards on that play, and the other side of the field is wide open. 
when they ran they ran a play action flood uh, when 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 uh, Didi Westbrook you know didn't fair catch the ball on the twelve yard line he like let it bounce and the Saints downed it on the two yard line it was like third and you know nine or ten they run a play action boot to the left they run a flood so basically all the receivers you know coming toward the boundary that Minshew's scrambling toward to give him like three leveled options and they're literally a yard from each other. What are they doing a yard from each other? Like, is that on the receivers coach? No, that's on the offensive coordinator. That means you haven't run that play enough in practice to run it effectively. And that's your third and 10 on the two call. <laughs> like, think about that. You can't run the play successfully. You have three guys out of position and that's your go-to call on third and 10. So like I said earlier, Is Filippo just arrogant? And he's like, you know what? I don't care what is working. My playbook is going to be what gets us wins. I know that sounds crazy, but there's a lot of coaches that, that feel that way. I mean, how long did Georgia Tech run the wing tee <laughs> when it was out of style? Yeah, they would win a game here and there. But at what point do you say, okay, let's not run the wing tee anymore. It's not working. Well, for Georgia Tech, it was like, what, this year? Last year? Is it arrogance? I mean, is it ignorance? That's the only thing it could be, is ignorance. Is he just does, doesn't notice that an end round should be run to the field? Or, or he, he, doesn't, he doesn't notice that, like, like here's one. But if you're going to run, set the valve in a fullback spot in the backfield. Lead blocking 10 times a game. Or on a play action, releasing flat. Why not get a fullback? <laughs> Why not get a guy who's a professional lead blocker? Why get a receiving tight end from the Browns doing it? Why get a mediocre blocker that the Cowboys cut as your lead blocker for Leonard Fournette? It, it makes no sense to me at all. And if you're going to argue his value in the receiving game, fullbacks can give you some value in the receiving game. About as much as these tight ends can give you in the lead blocking game. I know I'm a little salty this week. I'm a little upset. Look, I think our play calling is just putting us in disadvantaged positions in all of these games. Defense, I think we're fine. Cover one, I don't care. Run cover one every single play. This is the NFL. That's, it's man-to-man basketball out there nowadays for defenses. That's all you can do. There's too many rules. There's too many athletes. It's, it's, it's man-to-man defense out there. It's man-to-man basketball, full-press defense is what it is now. But the offense, look, you got to get that junk figured out. Got to get that junk figured out. Overall, I'm optimistic. I think it'll be good. Um, I'm sorry. Did I I miss any any comments on Twitter? I I might have. I'm sorry. OC Lions blog, and and they're at OC Lions blog, says Miles Jack has been trashed this season. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot on him this year. Having Telvin Smith playing next to you definitely helps you. There's no doubt about that at all. Definitely helps you. Cold take Chris, and he's at Mr. Christopho. He says, I missed 2017. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Killer BS, and he's at Trade Ramsey. Well, this sounds like a uh, 
troll account. No, he's got okay. He says season is over. They season is over if they beat us with Teddy Bridgewater. What the f? It's not that they beat us with Teddy Bridgewater. The Saints are a good team. Saints are a good team, man. We talked about that in the last podcast. Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Teddy Ginn, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Latavius Murray had a good game. Their defense is great. Demario Davis is really underrated. Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best DBs in the league. Kiko Alonso was a pro bowler. PJ Williams has only gotten parade since he's left FSU. Eli Apple, high draft pick. Chauncey Gardner playing well. Marcus Davenport, everyone liked. The list goes on and on. I'm not making excuses. I mean, Saints are top 14. We talked about that. They're a good team. With Breeze back, they're probably the best team in the league. Hands down. They're 4-1 without Breeze. Whew. Dang. All right, that's going to wrap it up for another Jags podcast. Thanks, you guys, for listening. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to try to hit you in the mailbag tomorrow. So um, I'm going to put a poll out there. I'm kind of thinking about it now. Um, a poll tonight. I'm going to put up. I'm going to see what you guys think about something. Uh, and then we'll talk about that. And then also put your comments under it so that we can read your comments because this is about you and your opinions. Hey, regardless of what happens with the Jags, hey, we could lose out. We could lose every single game the rest of this year. And there's, I'm still going to be here doing podcasts. So make sure you put your comments and make sure you put your questions and your thoughts about anything Jaguar related and we'll put it out there on the airwaves thank you guys for making us one of the most downloaded Jags podcasts out there we will see you guys in a couple days and as always go Jags